Welcome back to another episode of the Degeneracy Podcast. We're back after about a week break because, quite frankly, there just wasn't much going on in the last week. You know, we hit the All-Star break, which was pretty eventful. The It started off hot. You know, a lot of the early events, you know, the Friday night, the Celebrity game, the Rising Stars game, that was fun. Then Saturday night actually lived up to the hype. Sunday night's All-Star game, not so much. We'll talk about all that. Garrett, how are we feeling today? We're feeling pretty good. A uh, lot to discuss. Huge NBA slate tonight. A little bit of an all-star weekend to recap. And then, of course, uh, big, big slate first game back for the NBA post-all-star break. So, lot to discuss. Um, Jason, what are we thinking? Uh, all-star break, as you mentioned, it did it was it went pretty well for the most part. I'm I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit for some of my plays because uh, Damian Lillard took it home, as I said in the last episode, and Mac McClung took home the dunk contest, as I predicted, hit both my plays there, won a little bit of money, felt good. Then uh, Sunday night came and I came crashing back down. I spoke on this show. I was high on Anthony Edwards. He told the world he was coming for the MVP, but... He was very passive. He didn't really get many shots up. He was kind of just in the background. He didn't even hit his over on points for the game, let alone, you know, the 20 or anything close to getting MVP of the game. Lost a little bit of money there to come crashing back down. But overall, it was a good weekend. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, so I was I was with you on the, the All-Star. I did say Julius Randle was somebody to pay attention to. Um, he didn't, Julius didn't have the, the best nights, um, to say the least. Uh, I was disappointed in a couple of players just from Saturday night. The I really thought on the, the Bucks like this isn't three-pointer dunk contest, but from the skills competition, the Onda Takumbo brothers, that was just... That, that was rough. Um, and one of the players, I forget who it was, but one of the players was just dogging it, you know, in a, in a competition that was speed-based, you know, like, like hustle, hustle, like, let's go. Like, I forget who it was, but just dogging it the whole time. And I'm like, dude, like, if I was on your team, like, I'd be pissed. It might have actually been Drew Holiday. Who I think it's true. Yeah, yeah. As, an, as an honorary Anadokounmpo brother. Yeah, he just, I don't think he even wanted to be there, but he was in the event. He was there. Giannis, I think they had no other option. They just threw him out there. He dogged it. Lost everybody money who may, might have believed in the power of the brothers. But, you know, Giannis, Giannis wasn't even out there. So if you're betting on Thanasis Anadokounmpo, that might just be your own fault at that point. But, uh. That one was actually fun. I I enjoyed the skills competition. Oh, I like the I like the multiple rounds. I like the different um, you know, the way they switch up different things as opposed to in the past how like it kind of got stale with just the one obstacle course and that was it. I like the different things they throw out there, and I liked the um, I liked the new format of the Rising Stars competition. I like the four teams giving the young players time to shine. They go at each other. There's multiple games happening, um. The team, I this is actually another one where I might have overthought it a little bit. You know, I discussed in the last episode how Team Pow was the clear favorite, but I was hesitant to take them in favor of the team that they actually beat, Team Darren, in the championship. I shouldn't have overthought it. Team Pow was obviously the best team. And when you have a guy like Alvarado on the team, who's the biggest tryhard of all time, that should have been the most obvious pick ever because Alvarado went tryhard mode and brought home the W for him. Well, regarding, yeah, I was kind of, I mean, I was surprised to see, at least in, in game one, I was surprised to see them win by 15 points. Um, you know, an outscore team 40 to 25, that's that's unreal. Um, Paulo, my guy, he did, well, not really my guy, I've been fading him quite a bit, but he, he showed up with nine points. Um, credit to him, I'm, I've been a big Paulo doubter, I usually take his under, so maybe that's a 
turn of events for Paulo in terms of the rest of his rookie year. And I say like, you know, as if he's been a bad rookie or anything, he's going to win the rookie of the year, but he's a, he's an easy guy to relatively fade in uh daily fantasy, but I was at least happy to see him show up an all-star weekend. For sure. And I mean, Outside of that, you know, the actual All-Star game itself, there's not much to discuss there. It was a glorified layup line. I mm-hmm. think we can just dive into the massive slate of NBA sure. games we have tonight. Absolutely. What's the first game that catches your eye to discuss? So, in terms of, like, quality of game, I can't wait for Grizzly Sixers tonight. I know you're going to have a lot to discuss True. in that one. Um, I love coming out of the break, Joel Embiid's 32 and a half. Uh, that's, that's his over under line rather. I love the over in that. And I think I would also parlay that with a Sixers win. Um, I think Joel and I mean, well, they obviously need a great second half to continue what they, you know, what they've been building on, but it starts tonight. You know, this is, this is a chance for a statement win against a good Grizzlies team. The Sixers are three and a half point favorites. Um, you know, key thing with the Grizzlies, they're a good team. I don't think they're going to, and this isn't a hot take. I don't think they're going to go to the finals or anything, but you know, you can have a statement win coming out of the break to set the tone for effectively the rest of the regular season. Absolutely. Honestly, both the nationally televised games tonight are pretty entertaining back to back on TNT. We've got this one Grizzlies versus Sixers and then Lakers versus Warriors coming up right after that, which obviously we'll get into later in the show. But like there's a lot of good basketball that's going to be on TV for everybody to watch. It starts with this one. I love the pick of Joel Embiid, obviously, like I'm someone who has won a decent amount of money playing Joel because quite frankly, more often than not, he's the leading scorer by a wide margin. He clears his points line with ease there's no Steven Adams tonight as well to guard him who has historically been someone who has defended Joel relatively well so without him that even plays more into a favorable Joel Embiid matchup now outside of Joel you know he's the obvious one everyone's going to look at I also like John Morant to score over 26 and a half points against the Sixers specifically in the last two times these guys have matched up Morant has scored over 26 and a half points against the Sixers including a 37 point game last year And earlier this year, he had a bit of an off night, but still scored 28 points. So it's a matchup that I think John Morant can exploit the Sixers. They're not necessarily the best at shutting down guards. If a player's going to go off on them, it's going to be a high-scoring guard. Morant has history of doing well against them. And on top of that, I... I just, you know, coming out of the gate, John Morant's going to want to, you know, get back on track. The Grizzlies were not necessarily the hottest team in the world entering the All-Star break, but a nationally televised game, John Morant's a big game player. I like him for sure. Now, outside of Morant, you know, John Morant, Joel Embiid, those are the two biggest names in this game. Some smaller plays I do like, and I know it's going to be one that people are going to be hesitant on, but I do like Tobias Harris to hit over one and a half threes tonight. He, the last game before the All-Star break started, he looked more comfortable shooting the ball. He made three threes in the last game entering the All-Star break. And he's someone who some nights he's hesitant to shoot threes. Some nights, you know, when he buys in, he'll knock down quite a few. Tobias Harris, the Sixers need him to embrace the spot-up role. He's looked more like he's embraced it the last few games. And the Grizzlies especially are a team that allow forwards to knock down threes. They're a team that... They do very well defending the interior. They're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, but one of their weaknesses is that they do allow a decent amount of threes. So if someone's going to be spotting them up, knocking them down, I think it's going to be Tobias Harris tonight. So to counter your, the point with Tobias Harris, one player's threes that I think is one that I'm taking the under and just looking at his past, 
Uh, looking at his past nine games, he would have hit this in just three of the past nine. I'm taking personally Tyrese Maxey's under two and a half threes. It's minus 192. Vegas definitely had a little bit of a tough time debating on this line because the over two and a half is plus 148. The under is minus 192. Usually it's right around minus 110, you know, minus 108, right in that area. So tough time for Vegas deciding this line. I would personally take the under. Um, and with Tyrese, I mean, as a Sixers fan, you know this, but you you find out pretty early whether he's going to cook in the game or if he's going to have uh, a woeful night shooting. And that this is with Tobias you know, at least we're thinking that he's going to hit two threes tonight. Obviously, someone does have to come in and score the ball off the bench. I just simply do not trust Tyrese Maxey to come in and hit three threes off the bench. Yeah, and I th- I think I'm right there with you because Maxey, I will admit, as the All-Star game was approaching, he was starting to heat up a little bit. A few episodes ago, I mentioned that he was in a the slump of his lifetime. He was just not playing well. We even on this show played his under one night and it cleared comfortably. Mm-hmm. So we, we're not afraid to fade Tyrese Maxey here on the show, but... I will admit two of the last uh, four games, he heated up big time. He knocked down four threes in one game, five threes in another, scored 27 and 26 points in those games. But then the other two games in that four game stretch, he only scored 12 and 16. So he he's getting there. You know, the slump is not quite over. He's had a few breakthrough performances to perhaps end the streak, but we still need to see more from him. And against a top ranked defense like the Grizzlies, I'm not quite sure, you know, this is the game to look to Tyrese Maxey to score a lot. He's also not someone who necessarily consistently gets the volume from three to justify taking an over on a two and a half line. You know, the only two games that he hit the over on it in the last 10, I think, are the two games that he had eight attempts. The other times he's only taking like three or four shots from three per game and expecting a guy to go three for four, three for five. That's just not something that smart betters should be doing. If you expect a guy to make three threes, you want him consistently in that eight attempt range. But you know, if he gets eight attempts, you expect Maxi to make it, but it's hard to expect him to get that many shots. Right. And the thing is, is do you even just, you know, belabor the Tobias point a little further? He, I just want to confirm his opportunities in the past six. Tobias has had at least four three-point attempts in four of the past five games, which was an uptick there for a little while. And, you know, late January, early February, he was only getting two or three threes per game. Tobias has been on the, like we said, on the uprise a little bit. Um, and he's even made two of two threes in each in two of the last four games with the volume there. And that is, of course, the name of the game. So, uh, Jason, first game out of the All-Star break, are you taking the Sixers to win the night? Uh, I'm... Honestly, looking through the entire slate, I didn't want to just focus solely on player props, but so many of, you know, the money lines, the spreads, nothing really stood out, stood out to me. And as a Sixers fan, obviously, I, I'm praying for a Sixers win, <laughs> but tonight's not a night I think I'm going to put my money behind them. You know, I don't want to be doubly distraught if I lose money and have to right. watch them lose this game. I, I, I think it's a good matchup for them. I think the Sixers should win this one, especially at home coming out of the All-Star break. I will say the Sixers on the year, when they've had more than two nights rest, which, I mean, they just had an entire week's rest with the All-Star break, the Sixers are 6-0. and So, you know, when they can be well-rested, they're a pretty good team. This is a very, you know, big game for them to set the tone for the second half of the season. But, you know, maybe all of you listening to this, listening to what I'm saying, can entice you to take the money line. I'm personally going to stay away, but I expect the Sixers to win. 
Gotcha. Um, I think now, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that covers this game. Do you? Uh, yeah. Now I think we should move on to the second nationally yep. televised game. You know that which is probably the second biggest game of the night. You know Lakers Warriors. That's a big matchup no matter what. LeBron versus the Warriors. Even with Steph Curry out, it should be an enticing game to watch. It's the late night game. And are there any plays that stood out to you from this one? Yes, this is just as cliche as it sounds. Uh, LeBron. Whenever, you know, whenever the big teams are going to be played, I am always all over LeBron's threes. Um, in each of the past, I want to just confirm this, in each of the past eight games, LeBron has had at least uh, five three-point opportunities. And in a couple of these games, he's had seven, eight, 12, even had 14 three-point three opportunities in one game. So it's not like LeBron isn't getting the volume. And let's just be honest, LeBron has a different... Um, let me think of the word here. He basically, he can just like do what he wants more than any other player. He's earned that right, obviously 20 years in, but so I'm taking LeBron three threes. That's at plus 170. And to be honest, I don't even hate LeBron four threes at plus 460. This is on, this is FanDuel's odds. So I think the opportunity will be there. And also LeBron was 0 of 5 from three last game, uh, the game right before the break against the Pelicans. I think he will, uh, come back and, you know, with a little bit of vengeance and come back and try and, you know, shoot a lot of threes, keep up with the Warriors. And I do think this will be a very high scoring game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, you're taking it one step further. You're going to LeBron to make three. His normal line is currently set at over one and a half, but the odds are kind of, you know, they're mm -hmm. shot. They're almost minus 200. It's minus, I think, 196 at the moment, which at that point, they might as well just bump it up to the, you know, two and a half line. I feel very comfortable taking him over one and a half tonight. So if you want to take that and maybe throw it into a parlay with some of your other favorite plays, that could be something to just juice the odds of the overall play. I think LeBron's definitely hitting two threes. And to go off of your point even further, the Warriors against small forwards allow the second most threes. So LeBron has as good of a matchup as it gets for shooters at his position. And on top of that, you know, with the new look Lakers, he's going to be more in control. He's going to have the ball in his hands more. You know, Russell Westbrook is gone. He's going to be more of an overall playmaker in terms of scoring and dishing, which leads me to my first play from this game. I like LeBron to dish out over six and a half assists hmm. in the first game he played with the new look Lakers, they only had to, he only had to play 29 minutes because they won relatively comfortably. And, you know, LeBron, that's, like that's almost 10 fewer minutes than he usually plays. And he had six assists in that game. So if he gets back to, you know, this is a game against the Warriors that should keep it close. The Lakers, they don't play many blowouts, you know, pretty much every game the Lakers play out inside of, you know, a small hand few of exceptions. It's a single digit game. So, you know, if it's a close game, LeBron's playing 36, 37 minutes tonight. He dished out six assists in that game that he only played 29 minutes, you know, get one more in his normal minutes, maybe two. I think he could dish out seven, eight, maybe nine assists tonight. I think that is probably my favorite play from this game is LeBron over six and a half assists. I also, by the way, I also think there's a lot of value in Draymond Green's rebounds plus assists at 14 and a half. Um, obviously, we've had the discussion before on the pod with, you know, who's going to get the ball for the Warriors, who's going to be putting up points. Um, and I think with the over under at 238 and a half, both teams are going to be putting up points and with relative ease at that. I do like Draymond's, uh, like I said, his rebounds and assists line is at 14 and a half. And kind of quietly over the past six games, Draymond's been averaging 
Uh, excuse me, actually, I messed that stat up. Never mind. Um, just disregard that. I I misread a line. I thought it was averaging 12 points a game. I saw his line was at nine and a half points. I was going to say hammer the over, but he's only been averaging 10 points a game. Still don't hate the over for Draymond's points, um, but I really do like the rebounds and assists at 14 and a half. And I do like the over, not making it an official play, although with the All-Star game, we, of course, went over on the All-Star game. That's a play every single year. We're back to four and four on the year. But I do like the over tonight in this game at 238 and a half. I think, I think I'm right there with you. It should be back and forth. You know, the Lakers, they looked good in their first game together. You know, D'Angelo Russell may not be, you know, as good as he used to be, but he's probably a much better fit than Russell Westbrook was for this team. They also got, you know, shooters like Malik Beasley to sub in off the bench and, you know, he can catch fire on a moment's notice. They've got guys now, you know, they've got a better defender in, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. This is a... Um, who, who's the forward they traded for? I'm completely blanking on his name. It's, um, Vanderbilt. They got Vanderbilt as well. So they're, they're a more well-rounded team now, I'd say. They want to obviously make a push for that play-in tournament because, you know, if they're going to make the playoffs, I don't think they're going to get a regular spot, even though the Western Conference standings are so tight. They're in 13th place right now. This is, it's now or never for them. They're going to come out hot in a game again without Steph Curry playing for the Warriors. They need this win. They're going to, they, they're going to want to set the tone for the second half of the season. It's going to start with LeBron. It's going to start with LeBron doing everything. And, you know, Draymond, Draymond comes to play when he plays his boy LeBron. You know, Draymond doesn't exactly make it a secret how much he idolizes LeBron. So when they match up, Draymond will... Draymond will want to, you know, shut him down. I'm not sure if he'll be able to, but if anything, I'd stay away from LeBron's points because of the fact that Draymond will probably be guarding him. I think LeBron, he might settle for more threes, as you mentioned, and he'll look to distribute to his new teammates. So knock down some threes, he'll get some assists. I like it. I also, this is just quickly one last thing on this game. I do want to point out that the Warriors are 7-22 and on the road on the year. I know that one might be, like, surprising because they are – I mean, yeah, they're they not, have been a bad road team. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're 500, but they're 22 and 7. They have the reciprocal. They're 22 and 7 at home, and they're 7 and 22 on the road. So it's yeah. not often doesn't work out exactly like that, but that is worth noting given the Lakers' money line is only minus 230, and the Lakers did Absolutely. look very good in their, uh, in their first game or in the new-look Lakers team. So anyway, is there any – well, there is, of course, but where, where do you want to go to next after the, the Lakers-Warriors? Mm, at- I'd say those were some of the games that I was most heavily involved in with, you know, the most plays that I, that I, you know, favor heavily compared to other matchups. The last one that I think there are a few that caught my eye is another one of the late games. It's Trailblazers versus Kings. These are two teams that, you know, are going to put up points. That's very favorable for, you know, player props that we specifically look at. And we'll start with the biggest name, Damian Lillard. I think this is, I mean, we've discussed in the past how when the guy's line is at four and a half for threes, it becomes very hesitant. But if there's anyone who's going to do it, it's going to be Damian Lillard. I actually really like it tonight specifically because, for one, they're without Anthony Simons, who's, you know, his backcourt mate who also shoots a lot of threes. So that's even more pressure on Lillard. If they're going to keep this game close, he's going to have to shoot the ball a lot. He already shoots a lot of threes as is. This is a line that he's been relatively, you know, He's been clearing it with relative ease lately. I believe he's cleared it in seven of his last 10 and eight of his last 11. Dame has been catching fire as of late. In the All-Star game, we saw him make eight threes, which, I mean, it's an All-Star game, but he was shooting from like 35, 40 feet in that game. He's... 
He's as capable of catching fire as anyone. He won the three-point contest. He's carrying a lot of three-point momentum into this game. And without Anthony Simons there to, you know, take eight threes, those attempts are going to be dispersed elsewhere. I think Dame is going to shoot a lot. His points line is at 35 and a half, which is very high. I'm personally not going to take it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he hits it, if he gets 40 points. But I think Dame specifically will make a lot of threes tonight. And, you know, on that note, his assist line is at nine and a half. I'm thinking, I like to throw one under out there every episode. I'm thinking of taking under nine and a half assists. Not only has he not cleared this line yeah, in definitely. seven of the last 10, but this is a game where they need his offense. Hmm. And he's also missing Yusuf Nurkic and Anthony Simons. So the people that he can actually distribute to and get assists, you know, off of are very, you know, limited compared to when they're at full strength. So Dame needs to score. He's going to score passing is probably going to be, you know, his second option, you know, at, if he has to, he's going to look for his offense tonight. And uh, by the way, to, to agree with what you're saying on the three points, I'm just pulling up Dame's last 12 games in eight of the last 12 games. He's hit at least five threes and the volume that he has is unreal. And these are, there were games with Anthony Simons in here or Anthony Simon, which obviously he's going to take up some of the volume. Um, In a couple of the games, he only shot seven threes and not surprisingly, he did not make five threes in those games. So there's two out of the 12 right there. So Really in games that were outliers, because most of the time Dame's getting 10 plus threes in a game, uh, he's hitting him more often than not. And Dame just, I don't know if you saw this, but he was eight, eight of 20 from from three in the All-Star game. Absurd. Um, I'm with you on the under nine and a half assists, and I'm with you on the over four and a half threes. That's a plus 214 SGP. I do feel pretty comfortable about that because the Blazers are going to have to put up points somehow tonight, and it's it's going to be through Damien. It's, it's, you know, as obvious as that sounds like no shit, but I like over four and a half threes and I like under nine and a half assists. And I think if there is ever a time to take 40 plus points, I think tonight would be the night for Damian Lillard. Yeah, for sure. The Kings are as good of a matchup as it gets, but you know, this is also a game. I think the Kings, you know, unfortunately I think they're going to comfortably win this one. I don't think the Blazers have enough firepower outside of Dame. Dame's going to do his do Dame's going to do his damnedest to keep it close. I'm not sure if he'll be able to. So one thing on the Kings side that I like, it's a bit of a a redemption play. I think. I think Kevin Herter, you know, let's let's just call a spade a spade. He embarrassed himself in the three point contest. He's going to want to come back and prove, guys, I am a three point shooter. His line for threes is at two and a half. I think you got to take that. I think, you know, Kevin Herter knows he embarrassed himself in that game. He knows he's a better shooter than he showed on the big stage. He might come out, you know, hit three or four. I think the Kings are going to want to get him going because, you know, they need him. He Without Malik Monk, I believe Malik Monk is still injured. So Kevin Herter going into the All-Star break in the game without Malik Monk last time, we discussed it on the show that he was an over we were looking at, and he hit four threes in that game. So despite the poor showing in the three-point contest. Herter is a very good shooter that they need without Malik Monk in this game. I like him over two and a half threes. And I'm right there with you. I was disappointed in my guy. Um, Kevin obviously went to college at Maryland. And uh, so so I support him. Also, I do want to toss this out on, on basketball reference. They have like player nicknames and one of his nicknames is Headband Herder. So I didn't actually know that was a thing. Um, but I do like I do like Headband Herders over two and a half threes tonight. There Definitely parlaying that with the Kings win. That's right. Uh, by the way, um, I do want to I do want to say if there is uh, I do want to kind of segue here into the the Celtics Pacers game. This is just a quick 
quick gimme. Um, I'm taking Buddy Heald's under 15 and a half points. You know, he didn't win the three-point contest. Obviously, Damian Lillard did, you know, the superior three-point shooter. And uh, I'm parlaying Buddy Heald's under 15 and a half points with a Celtics win. Uh, we've talked about it before. The Celtics are just such a good all-around team. Um, they're coming off the break. Granted, the, the Pacers are too. But I just don't think this is a game that the Celtics drop coming out of the All-Star break. I don't think so at all either, but there is actually, you know, we just spoke on one redemption play. I think there's a guy looking to get a little bit of revenge against the Celtics. It's a play that I like tonight. It's Mr. Aaron Nesmith. Mm. Not the biggest name, you know, maybe the average fan won't even know who I'm talking about. Aaron Nesmith, he's a youngster who's been, you know, he's heated, been heating up lately with the Pacers. He's their starting power forward. He's out there to shoot threes. You know, the Celtics traded him to the Pacers in the deal that I believe got them if I'm not mistaken, it was the deal. Let me just double check before I say something that's completely incorrect. Aaron Nesmith trade. He was sent in the trade that got the Celtics. Malcolm Brogdon. That's right. I didn't I didn't want to say it before I was you know, without Wanted being fully sure, but it, it was the trade that got them Malcolm Brogdon. They gave they gave him away. And Aaron Nesmith, he's a very good shooter. His line is at one and a half. I think Aaron Nesmith, he's going to want to, you know, go off against his former team. Say, guys, you gave up on me too early. He's been heating up from three lately. He's hit two threes a bunch in recent mm -hmm. games. He's go one step further. You could even, you know, ladder this up to three, perhaps. Aaron Nesmith, I love it against the former team. I do too. And by he the way, four, like, hold, one more thing. He hit four threes in back-to-back -back back. games going into the All-Star All -Star weekend. He's been heating up the Celtics. There, there's definitely a game that he circled on his schedule. I love it. I do too. And I would, I would actually say instead of just like the standard, just two threes, I would actually bump it. If you're looking for like a moonshot uh, to get back, you know, NBA's back. I'm going to go crazy. I would bump it up to either three or four, just because there's four out of the past eight games. He has hit four threes. Granted in the other ones, there's an O for five, a one for five, a one for four, but there's also a four for seven, a five for eight. And as Jason said, back-to-back -back games before the all-star break, back-to-back -back, four, three games. So I do not hate like bumping this way up if you are looking for an, a moonshot, excuse me, for Aaron Nesmith. And I do want to take a look at the odds here. Uh, Nesmith's three threes is plus 340. And they, oh, I actually misspoke. They don't have his four threes, but I don't hate three threes at plus 340. So That's I think that's crazy one. that they don't have him up for four threes yet, no. especially if like, he did it back to back. Right. You think it'd be like plus like 800 or something, but um, yeah, I don't hate crazy. that one. But where, yeah, uh, where did you want to go? I'm oh, sorry. Um, I do believe I have one more from the Celtics game. I'm looking at Robert Williams, Celtics starting center. Now, he's been dealing with a little bit of injuries, but he came back. He's played a few games before the All-Star weekend. He gets to rest during the All-Star weekend as well. So, you know, he he had a few really good games going into the All-Star break, and now he gets a full week's rest to get even healthier. He should be back in the starting lineup. And in three of the – in three – um. Three of the last four, but specifically the last three times that he actually played, you know, his normal starters minutes, he's not only cleared over nine and a half rebounds, he's gotten 15 or more in all three of those games that he played normal minutes. He's a <laughs> rebounding machine. So he's had a full week off. He's healthy again. He's not on the injury report at all. So he's not even, you know, he's not questionable. He's not probable. He's good to go. He's going to be their starting center. He'll pro play. I expect 30 or more minutes. And the last three times he did that, he grabbed 15 rebounds, mm -hmm. 16 rebounds, and 15 rebounds. He's a rebound machine as long as he gets the minutes to grab him. And I expect him to have the minutes to grab him. So I think you can comfortably take him over nine and a half, maybe even ladder it up to 12 if you're feeling a little, uh, 
a little, little, uh, little, crazy. little juicy, you know, we want some extra juice on a play. I think 12 plus rebounds would be great for for Robert Williams. And to further to go along with this in those games that Jason was talking about, there's there's a game where he had six offensive rebounds, another game with five offensive rebounds. And yeah, he gets them on both ends. Yeah, typically, if you're getting those offensive boards, I mean, you are more often than not right under the hoop just for a little putback situation. And in three of his past six games, he's had at least 10 points. Two of those, he went over 15 points. So. I'm not, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to take his 15 plus points at plus 490, um, but I will go for, as we get closer to tip, I will definitely look into Robert Williams' alternate points and see if I can get 12 plus points for like plus 200 right in that area, and I'll definitely take that and of course uh, parlay that with a Celtics money line. Absolutely. I mean, Robert Williams, you mentioned it. He crashes that offensive glass. Those are the guys you love. So that's that's the last one that I had majorly circled on mine from that game. And from here, I think I just had a few sporadic plays in other games. There's one that I love in one of the early games. It's Cavaliers versus Nuggets, which again is a pretty good game. It's a good matchup. Top team in the West, top five team in the East. The play that I have circled is a guy that I bring up, I feel like, every episode. It's Michael Porter Jr. The guy loves to shoot the basketball and not much else. They're also missing, the Nuggets are missing Aaron Gordon in this game, so that's more shots to go around, more times that Jokic is going to be looking his way. Porter Jr. over two and a half threes. I'm just going to say it, it feels like free money. I'm gonna take a look at his um like his line in the past couple, but no, I'm that this is actually a game just from a standpoint of just like to watch that I actually can't he, wait. Uh, he's hit it in be, eight of the last ten games, I believe. I love that. He's hit five threes in back to back games going into the All Star break. So like he shoots a ton. When he gets the ball in his hands, he is not passing it. Like I think just looking at his assist line, it's hilarious. You look, let's just go through game by game. Last game he had one assist. Game before that, zero assists. Game before that, oh, two assists. Game before that, zero assists. And then five straight games with one assist. So when he touches it, he's shooting it. Like that's just who Michael Porter Jr. is. And with Aaron Gordon out, there's going to be more shots to go around. He's going to need to shoot it a ton. He'll get 10 three-point attempts, I believe, at minimum tonight. And if he gets 10 attempts he might hit four he might hit five yeah I'm definitely going to go I'm gonna I'm gonna take four plus threes with Michael Porter and I'm going to um parlay this into a little moonshot that we have here by the end so I do love love that play and I think this is going to be just a straight up good game of basketball I think it's going to be a very very underrated one like you know of course with the Grizzlies and Sixers and then a night where the Warriors and Lakers are playing you know we're looking at the number one seed in the west going to the number four seed in the east and I think this is a game that just not a lot of people are talking about just because of everything else going on tonight. So definitely something I'm going to be paying attention to. Um, and if I had to choose, I'd, I'm going to go Cavs at home. I'm, st- I'm still going to take the Cavs at home, uh, but I do like Michael Porter four plus threes from this game. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a close one. It'll be a fun game to watch, definitely. But it's going to be tight. You expect that. Michael Porter Jr., it just feels so f- like he his whole you know, entire being as a basketball player is to shoot the basketball. Yeah. He doesn't want to do anything else. Like those are the kind of players you love to bet on. I'll say that much. Also, there was, there was one play that I have. Uh, this is completely random game. Pelicans Raptors. Um, I love Jonas Valenciunas over 13 and a half. He's a guy that I've been 13 and a half points. He's a guy that I've been, I've been riding with a lot this year and seemingly 
when it's hell or high water, let's just, let's just dump give Jonas the ball. And a lot of the time, Jonas has been getting points. He's a he's a very quiet player, just because you know he's not a huge name. He's you know he's been in the league for forever. But Jonas very quietly is averaging fourteen point four points per game this year, nine point seven boards. So he's in a lot of ways a double double machine. And uh, he did not clear this line in two of the past two of the three games leading up to the All Star break. However, in the Four games prior, he did, or five games prior, he cleared it in four of the past five. So I think a little bounce back for Jonas coming out of the All Star break. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I just want to, yeah, it's also against his former team. So like that tonight, over 13 and a half, Jonas Valenciunas. I think the Raptors will make it a point of emphasis to slow down Brandon Ingram. And I think that's when Valenciunas will step up. And that's fair too. You know, they've got CJ and Brandon out there who Mm -hmm. I think the Raptors, I've said it before, the Raptors do everything they can just to frustrate the star players. They're not even like trying to, like they will leave guys wide open if it means that they're going to shut down the opposing star. So if they're going out of their way to, you know, make sure McCollum and Ingram don't get their points, those guys are pretty good passers too. Ingram's had quite a few games where he's dished out, you know, seven and eight assists lately. McCollum, you know, he's their point guard as is. He's going to look to dish the rock anyway on top of, you know, looking to get his offense. But if they're going to go out of their way to frustrate the stars, Valanchunas will be the recipient of it down low. 14 points is not out of the realm of possibility at all for him regardless. So I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I didn't really have anything on my end for this game. It was a weird one to look at. I can, I'll tail the Valanchunas, but yeah, let's go, I think I'm ready to move on to the last, um, not the last game, but this is a game that may not catch many people's eyes, but there's a few plays that I like. It's Thunder versus Jazz. It's a game where I think Jordan Clarkson is a name that people are going to be looking at because of the news that Colin Sexton is out and they just bought out Russell Westbrook. So, you know, Mike Conley's gone. They didn't replace him with a point guard because Russell Westbrook's not there. Everyone's expecting a huge night from Jordan Clarkson scoring the ball. I'm, I'm not sold that he's going to go off. I think Vegas very much overcorrected well enough for me to scare me away. 23 and a half is a high line for Clarkson. I'm going to shift more towards his assists. I think Clarkson dishes out five assists, you know, in the last game that he played, you know, where he had to be more of a point guard with um, Conley gone, no one else there to be a point guard. He dished out six assists. And especially with Sexton not playing, that's the ball in his hands more often. He's going to be more, he's going to have to be more of a facilitator. I like him to dish out over four and a half assists. I got you. There was there was one just one thing that from this game where I was just like, you know, I didn't there wasn't a whole lot from this game that I was too big on. I did like Lowry over three threes. They've been in Utah, obviously, for a very long time now with the all star break and everything. Um, I wanted Lowry to win the three point competition just, you know, to to keep, you know, to keep the the all star or. The three point in the in the city, I thought that would have been cool. Also, cool that Dame went to Weber State and still won it. So, like that. Um, but I Absolutely. do like Lowry over three three or over four threes rather coming out of this plus one twenty five. And uh, I think this is another one where it's going to be a very very high scoring game. I'm not comfortable enough to take over two forty one, but I do think each team will score over one hundred ten points uh, fairly comfortably. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you as well. That's. That's about it from my end. You know, I look through the games that, you know, I'm staying away from Magic versus Pistons. I right. That's as stinker of a game as it gets. I don't like, it's also two young teams that play a bunch of players in the rotation. So like picking out one specific player to go off when they're fully focused on developing, you know, the whole of the unit, they're not, it's not, I mean, you know, you mentioned Paolo earlier in the episode, his mm-hmm. line is still at 20 and a half. 
Paolo is as inconsistent as it gets. He yeah. scares me away. Nobody on the Pistons catches my eye. I, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich is someone who was expected to be traded away, but he wasn't. So he's still there. He's probably their go-to scorer, but I don't like, you know, picking him out because he's the one veteran on a team of youngsters. And obviously he's not the priority. They're going to be prioritizing getting touches for the young guys. So even though Boyan is the best player, I don't like taking him. That's just a game I'm staying away from. And then the other game that we haven't discussed yet is Spurs versus Mavericks. Again, this just screams blowout potential all over it. And blowout potential games scare me away for sure. So even though, you know, Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, we're going to see them back in action together again. I'm not... I'm not, you know, necessarily swayed to choose something from this game because it could just get ugly early. I'm with you. The only thing that I think I would consider is under Kyrie three, three, three and a half threes, just because it's like this game could be, they could play two and a half quarters and be done. That's the only thing where I would actually think like there's value. Um, But I do want to just toss in a little tidbit, my guy. Uh, I, I usually pick this whenever I'm building a plus 100 parlay. Jaden Ivey, one made three minus 550. I take that a lot of the time. That's a player that I love tailing. And I was happy to uh, to see him in the, the rookie part of the competition on the All-Star uh, skills back on Saturday night. For sure. For sure. Is there anything else that you had circled or are we about at the end? I, I have a quick plus 6,500 moonshot kicking it off. Okay, okay. I'm just going to read them. Jaden Ivey, one made three. That's minus 550. That's the shortest leg. Uh, Lowry, four threes. LeBron, three threes. Lakers money line because the Warriors are 7-22 and 22 on the road. Uh, Valenciunas, 15 points. And Michael Porter Jr., four plus threes. That is plus 6,500. And... Uh, I will also be looking for Robert Williams' alternate points later. Unfortunately, that's not out as we record, but I will toss 12 points into that later as well. All right. I like it. I like it. You know, shoot for the moon. Sprinkle, mm-hmm. you know, you know, a little, little percentage of a unit on there. See what happens. You might just come away with a nice $600 right. payday. I but that about, that, uh, I think that about yeah. wraps it up. It's a huge NBA oh, slate absolutely. tonight. There's so, there's so much to watch, so much to tune into. Damn near half the league is in action. And then yeah. tonight, the other half of the league. So a lot to be excited about going into the weekend. You know, make sure to like the video if you're subscribe. watching on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the show's channel. You know, we're hoping to grow every week. Going to have a lot of fun with this show. And if you're an audio listener, we've, we're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So follow us there. Leave a five-star review. It helps us a ton. And we'll see you next episode. Love you guys.